Welcome to the WIPS Podcast, inspiring and empowering women to take the stage and up their game in the public speaking arena. My name is Chantal Bosset from Shabbos, leaders for your presentation, public speaking, and AV needs. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Anna Jones. She's from London, United Kingdom. Welcome, Anna. Thank you very much. I'm happy to have you with me today. And let's start off right away. Tell the listeners what you do. What's your, what's your job, finally, in the everyday work? So I work for a presentation consultancy. So I spend a lot of time helping people craft more persuasive messages build more compelling slides, and uh, ultimately deliver more effective presentations. And that's always an interesting job because I do the same thing as you do. So we <laughs> are truly passionate about our jobs. But you also do public speaking. I do, yes. So I spend a lot of time um, both in work with clients, but also outside of work, um, talking to different groups of people. So in work, it looks like delivering training for clients or um, presenting to clients different content that we've prepared for them. Um, and outside of work, it tends to be about topics that I'm passionate about. So I work with the credit union and I've done quite a few talks on that uh, and some different things like that. Oh, that's interesting. And how was your first experience as a public speaker? Do you know, I'm not actually sure I can remember my first proper experience. Um, there's, you know, I, I kind of have memories at university of being um, involved in different clubs and speaking and doing different things there. Um, but it kind of, there isn't a moment that I look back and remember really specifically a particular, um, a particular event. I think my, my one of the um, first trainings that I delivered with uh, the organization that I'm with now was probably, it, it was to a room of about 50 people and they had come to us as presentation experts. And I was still, I was still very new with this organization and I was still uh, learning a lot. And so I think my memory is just feeling very uncertain and feeling very, um, like, oh, am I really, do I really know enough to be telling all these people about presentations? Um, so that's probably, yeah, my, my... But at least it doesn't seem that it was traumatizing because that's usually when we have very clear memories. But if mm. uncertain feelings, I guess we all get them, especially when we're starting off unsure yeah, that... As you say, uh, we're unsure, we're fit, or we know enough to be sharing mm. the knowledge with people. Yeah, definitely. My, uh, it was funny because when I first started doing presentation work, um, uh, my boss actually told me a story about how he had been presenting and had just fallen off the back of the stage. Oh, no. <laughs> and I kind of thought after that, and you know, it's fine. There's probably nothing that I'm going to do that will be, um, that will top that. So that definitely helped ease me in. <laughs> True, because when you 
when you get such a bad experience, then you figure, oh my gosh, how am I going to recover from that? <laughs> But yourself, did you have any challenging experience while you were training or doing public mm. speaking? I, I think the most challenging experience that I can remember recently um, in the past kind of, you know, five, seven years um, would be, there've been a few different times where I've gone in to do training and we tend to do training for sales teams. Um, and I've gone into training and there's a room of kind of 10 to 15 um, men to be direct. They're, they tend to be white men and they tend to be older. Okay. You kind of are walking into this room of salespeople, all of whom are sitting there thinking, I already know how to do presentations. I don't know what she's going to tell me that is, you know, any, uh, any, anything for me to learn. Um, and then you have that weird gender thing that kind of, yeah. the, the, and you're kind of standing in front of this group of people who all think they know better than you. Um, and you can and, feel it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I, yeah, I, I remember particularly when I first started attending client meetings and then going on to do training and different things like that. I remember, because quite often we'll be sitting down with the most senior people in, um, an organization. So we're with their chief marketing person, their CEO, the, the, the people who are making the kind of big strategic decisions about messaging. And, um, and it's always, always, always a room full of men. Okay. And it's this kind of really interesting dynamic, whether it's a messaging session like that or whether it's a, a training environment. Um, and, and that, it's just funny because I, I didn't think, you know, I, when I first came into the workplace, I think I thought, oh, the, the world where gender matters is past. Like that's, <laughs> you know, that's previous generations. We're now in this new world where, being a woman in the workplace is all right. And there isn't this kind of, you know, weird gendered stuff, but I definitely, definitely, and my most challenging rooms are ones that are a room full of men who all think they know best. And it's that kind of, um, almost breaking down their assumptions and having that extra hurdle to overcome that I know, because I've seen my male colleagues go in and do it. And I know they don't have the same hurdle to overcome. Okay. And how did you manage that? How did you get rid of that little feeling you had or how were you able to probably break down the barrier that they were, that invisible barrier that they were putting up in front of you? Mm. It's a great question. Um, I think to a certain extent, some of it is having good stuff to say. Um, so, you know, what it is that you're talking about um, does really make them sit back and think, oh, maybe just possibly I have something to learn as well. Um, and so I think there's a, you know, whether regardless of any kind of gender dynamics, I think you've got to have something good to say. Um, and I think then there's, so it's really funny. This is in, in that kind of environment. because what that training usually looks like is I go in and I do kind of a, a morning where I'm standing up and presenting. And then in the afternoon, I'm helping them learn to stand up and present. And I find that overcoming that hurdle in the morning, demonstrating value, um, not putting up with um, 
any anybody else trying to take control of the room um letting you know if, if someone's being particularly pushy or that kind of thing i am fairly direct being american helps in a british environment and i'm fairly direct <laughs> and tell them to sit down and be quiet um but then in the afternoon actually the fact that i'm a woman and i'm helping them learn to present is a benefit because there isn't um i don't know i i think maybe i'm able to um to challenge them maybe on the way they're presenting or i'm able to uh say things and, and it doesn't come across as combative in any way okay. and i don't i don't know if that's a gender thing you know it could be a personality thing i have no idea but i, I just you know we've got different clients who have responded well to um to coaching that i've gone in and done but not a lot of my male colleagues and i know they do a great job you know i know it's not that's right it's not their the quality of what they're doing so it's just an interesting yeah interesting dynamic um but all that's quite a uh, small room presenting i think the all that's you know looking at 10 15 people for the most part and i think in the bigger environments where i've presented or so i've i've hosted a few politics panels getting politicians to be quiet is always very hard <laughs> stick, <laughs> stick to their time limits <laughs> yeah you're more time police than yeah you don't have the choice that's true mm -hmm. <laughs> but that's really interesting because as you mentioned we wouldn't think we would have that gender thing now mm -hmm. and it's still there mm -hmm. but you're still proof that if we do it if we manage it in a proper way then they probably start to realize well I do have a few things to learn. Mm. And then afterwards for the coaching part, it's also interesting. Maybe there is a little something. Maybe it's not as competitive being a woman, giving them coaching for how they deliver instead mm. of having a man. It probably depends on the personality of the people in the room, I guess. But yeah, certainly. Yeah, but it's still really interesting because it does mean that one of the first things that we have to do is make sure we prove the value, like you say, mm. that you have value to give to those people. You have really interesting stuff you can sh share with them mm -hmm. that might bring down the barriers, even though sometimes they're more invisible barriers, but we still feel them. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. So besides that, I'm sure you probably have also some very great memories. Do you have maybe one in particular that you remember that mm. you took the stage and it was a perfect moment or something very memorable? I So I spoke at, um, it's an organization called Capital Mass, which is a charity that's connected to the uh, Church of England and, and some different um uh, yeah, it's a it's a charity connected to the Church of England, and I they asked me to speak because I'm part of the a board of directors for a credit union, and they asked me to speak on the impact that credit unions can have, and why people should engage with credit unions. Um, and that was it was really nice to one be talking about something that really excites me. That's kind of not my day job, which is you know I'm passionate about it in its own way, but something that's kind of outside of work and where my um yeah where a lot of i think that creative energy um is really focused i guess 
so that was it was um and and it's something i've been very actively involved with this credit union and um very hands on for several years so i've been kind of deeply immersed in the day to day making things happen on the ground um and then to be able to kind of take a step back and look at um pull together a talk those kind of seeming together what it is that I'm passionate about, why that matters for the people, what it, you know, the, the, why credit unions are a powerful alternative to our current financial infrastructure and why people should be patient with some of the inefficiencies, should I say, <laughs> that a lot of credit unions have. Um, and it was really, that's probably one of my best memories, partly because the audience was very warm and lovely. Um, there was a few of my friends who came uh, some of whom are not religious at all, and they just came to be to hear me speak. And the feedback from that that talk, and having um, there was someone from the radio there at the event, so she asked to do a little interview afterwards. And then someone from one of the organizing in, um, organizations came up as well afterwards. And it felt like it was what I had said had really touched a nerve and had really um, caused people to think. And I think there's nothing there's nothing better right? There's nothing better. Oh, absolutely. Than, yeah. Then, then knowing that what you've said has in some way caused someone to think about what they're doing, particularly when it's about something that's how we can change the world for the good. Oh, I totally agree. I, I usually call it when I have, when I reach a point that I realize that I've transformed how people think or mm. how they will react, that's probably the highest win we can have when we're in front of a room, whether it's a small group or a large group, you're right. We're passionate about transmitting something, but having such an impact that is really rewarding. Good mm -hmm. for you. That really must've been a great event to at least give your talk and then get all that precious feedback. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was, uh, it was, it was very positive. And very inspiring because there was a lot of other speakers there who were talking about similar issues. Um, so it was a very, it was both inspiring and a pleasure to be a part of. Oh, great. And tell me, how do you prepare for a speech or a presentation? I uh, spend a lot of time walking around my office or my bedroom or some room without other people in it and talking out loud. <laughs> oh, that's a great uh, one. I try very hard to, uh, you know, write down an outline. Um, I tend to actually write out, uh, if it depends if I'm doing a presentation with visuals or if I'm uh, just delivering a speech that doesn't have any kind of visuals with it. Okay. Um, cause if I'm delivering a speech, then I will write out that speech, not necessarily word for word, but pretty close. And then just practice it over and over and over until I can have it in front of me, but not have to read it, uh, to yeah. say it. Um, particularly if it's a speech that's longer than two or three minutes. Uh, if it's a kind of 10 minute, 15 minute talk, I think that's a little bit more challenging to stay on track when you're up in front of the bright lights. Um, but if it's a presentation with visuals where I can bring, uh, or, or the slides are part of the storytelling, then I really, I don't put together a script actually, because I think that's really, um, it, it, it's very hard to, because uh, then you feel like you have to follow that script. And as soon as you get off track, you're completely yes. lost. Uh, so in, in, if I have visuals, then 
I literally I plug in my clicker into my computer again walking around my office because I um, I don't know find it easier to stand up and walk around and talk than to sit and look <laughs> at my computer and talk um, and I will I'll click through every single animation every single build every single visual and I'll go through what's the punchline of this what what's the purpose of this visual what's the um, how does it how is it the the hooks that my story hangs on oh yeah and then we'll just practice it over and over and over adding more and more detail and story to it as I go so I have the skeleton and then I build on that and build on that until I'm really confident with the being able to talk to what's happening on the slide the story the slide is telling being able to talk to that in different ways so that no matter um, no matter where I'm at when I'm presenting this or no matter what questions the audience ask or no matter where things are I won't get lost or thrown off track because I really understand the the content and and the big arc of what's being communicated. That's great. And it also proves one thing that I repeat all the time to my clients. It takes time. Mm. If people think they're going to whip up a great presentation, a great speech at the last minute, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Because it does take time. And I like, like you say, you need to walk around. It's probably a good tip for people if they feel comfortable or if they're putting themselves uh, a little bit in the same situation than being on the stage, maybe that's mm. why it works so well for you because mm. you're standing and probably pacing a little bit like you would be on the stage and it mm. just does the trick to help you practice. That's great. Mm-hmm. And finally, Anna, we're already to my last question. <laughs> ah, I would like to know if you had one tip that you would to want to share to empower women to take the stage more confidently, what would it be? And one tip. So I've been thinking about this um, and thinking about this. And the one I, I was thinking, I mean, I think there's there's lots of tips that I would say um, are com- completely gender neutral, right? Things that yes. would help absolutely anyone. But I was thinking specifically about that uh, women question and 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 what that looks like. And it, I kept coming back to it in my mind. Um, when I first started with Bright Carbon, the, my boss, I remember we were in a, it was, we kind of had a real startup vibe at the time because there was so few of us and we were stay, we were away in a big house somewhere in the English countryside. Um, cause we'd go away together and meet up and, you know, talk about all kinds of things. And, um, so we were in the kitchen making sticky toffee pudding. So she was <laughs> making it and I was watching and, um, and I asked him, I said, do you think, because we'd earlier had a discussion, I said, oh, Joe, do you think I was too aggressive in that conversation? And it was really interesting. He just looked at me and said, Anna, if you were a man, you would never ask that. Oh. Because men said, you weren't aggressive at all. You were direct and assertive, and that's fine. Uh, and it has stuck with me from, uh, you know, over the years, and that kind of, what what is it in my head that made me think that, I was somehow aggressive. Like, what is it, or you know, the the different? What what is it in it that makes me think? Oh, maybe I'm being too much of this, or I'm being too that, or I'm being, you know, oh, maybe I need to take a step back, or maybe I need to, uh, maybe not say so much, or you know, and and, and I, I'm quite a confident person. Like I don't, um, but it, it's just really struck me, and and it's really shaped how I think about 
you know, when I go in to do presentations, when I go in to do um, any kind of public speaking, I always have that kind of that thought in the back of my head of that moment where I think, oh, am I to this? I always have in the back of my head that conversation where my boss just really challenged me to to not be, um, I guess, bound by those thought patterns that for whatever reason, I think a lot of women probably share. Oh, that's really interesting. Stop overthinking if what mm. we're doing or not doing is right, wrong, whatever. That's really powerful because as mm. you've mentioned, uh, someone telling you, well, if you would have been a man, you probably wouldn't have asked that question to start with. Yeah. So yeah, it is exactly. powerful, probably just owning being assertive, being direct, and not overthinking, would that be uh, thought as either not appropriate for the crowd? If, we're our, if we are ourselves, just being our authentic selves, probably mm -hmm. might be doing the trick, but that's really, really important. I really like that. It was just such a, it was such a uh, influential moment for me, I think, because I, again, kind of, you know, I was coming into the workplace thinking that we'd solved the gender problem. I was, you know, coming in very confident and not, um, like I, I grew up in a home in an environment where my family was very empowering. There was no kind of, despite the fact I grew up in the American South where women are encouraged to not to take leadership over men. Um, my family wasn't like that at all. So I just came into it feeling like I didn't have that baggage that, you know, I'd kind of heard about and I'd yeah. um, certainly experienced a lot growing up with women around me. And I, and I thought, no, no, it's fine. I've got this figured out. And just to have him challenge me on that made me think, oh, wow, I don't, I don't have this figured out. And actually there's probably a hell of a lot of thought patterns that I have going on and a lot of things that I don't even realize I'm underselling myself. Or I don't even realize that I'm not, um, that I'm doubting myself or I'm questioning myself that if I was a man, I probably wouldn't do. And you're right. And we're probably doing it so much more than we think at the mm. I agree with you. It's so easy to uh, have that little small talk in our head, wondering and rethinking and doubting. Mm. So the bottom line is, maybe stop overthinking and just be ourselves. That's really mm. powerful. Anna, that was a wonderful discussion we had. I really love what you shared with our listeners, and I'm sure they'll find a lot of value in it. Also, they'll be able to reach out for you, connect with you, because we'll put two links where they can learn a little bit more. And now they'll be able, so please do connect with Anna. Just reach out, see how she's doing, see what she's doing also. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, thank you very much for being with us. Oh, no problem. It's been my pleasure. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please tell us what you think by commenting. And even share with your own networks to inspire and empower others to do public speaking.